is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! Go, Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Thursday, October 8th, 2020, Season 16, Episode number 40. Welcome to another edition of The Break. We are live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Got Nick, Dave, and Amber here ready to talk some Cowboys football for the next 45 minutes. We will be joined momentarily by Bucky Brooks of NFL Network, as he does every Wednesday and Thursday. Today he will be talking to us about the New York Giant defense versus the Cowboys offense. Before we get to Bucky, though, uh, there was some injury updates that we got, some interesting injury updates that we got from Coach McCarthy during his press conference this morning. Let's start first uh, by talking about Leighton Vander Esch. Nick, give me an update on what Coach McCarthy had to say about where Leighton Vander Esch and his return from an, I mean, from a uh, collarbone collarbone injury. Well, I mean, he, he basically didn't rule out that he could play this week, which I think is, is surprising to some. Now, uh, that doesn't necessarily mean he said he, he would play. He just said they're going to work him in, into practice today. Uh, they're going to see what, what he can do. Uh, we, we got to see him kind of run out there a little bit with, in, in the pads. Um, I find it hard to believe. I know, you know, Dave and, and you, we, we've talked about this. I think, you know, we find it hard to believe that he could be ready to play, especially come back with one practice. But at least it's an encouraging sign that he's out there today. And, uh, you know, if he doesn't play this week, it seems like it's, it's sooner than later. Yeah, it does seem a bit strange. I mean, we talked about this yesterday on the show when you talk about a collarbone injury. You talk about any broken bone. Uh, it's not like what you would have if you had, say, a bum hamstring, uh, soft tissue injury. A lot of that has to do with how you feel and, and whether you think you can go or not. It's a whole different thing when you're talking about a bone because it's all about the bone healing. So it seems a little bit <laughs> a little bit weird that he'd come back early from a bone healing right. unless his body's just made in a way where it healed the bones heal faster but than it's typical. Not. I wouldn't think so, but but again, you just never yeah. know. And uh, and the good news, I think the good news about all of this with regards to Layton is he's at least progressing. Right. And he's progressing in the right way. And so the hope is maybe in the next two weeks, maybe in the next three weeks, you get him back and he's fully healthy, hopefully, and able to finish the season for the Cowboys. Let's also catch up on a couple of uh, other injury updates. Uh, let's talk about Tyron Smith. I think, Dave, uh, do you have an update on, on what Coach McCarthy had to say about All right, let's Nick, I think he's having some technical difficulties. Let's talk a little bit about Tyron Smith. Yeah. Um, and I think I think Amber is there as well. But <laughs> let's talk a little bit about I Tyron Smith. I am here. <laughs> Good. Okay, there you are. Amber, did you hear what Coach, Coach McCarthy I had to say? I can tell about... you about Tyron Smith. Yes, tell me about Tyron Smith. I do not – it did not sound that great. I mean, Mike McCarthy said today that he's basically further back than the, than at this time this week than he was last week. Mm-hmm. So that's not always good to hear. I mean, you would expect him – to to be further along but you also have to take into consideration that this last weekend he did play a football game as opposed to last week where he he didn't participate in a game so it i guess it's gonna depend on a day-to-day basis i would assume but i mean as of right now i i I think you just never know what's can what can happen with tyron smith 
Yeah, it's 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 really troubling, I think, um, because as we've talked about, and this is not the first season, as we've talked about for the last several seasons, this is neck, this is back. When he's having these kinds of things and the recurring injuries that are keeping him out of games, um, it gets to a point where it's hard to really rely on the fact that he's going to be available to you. And I, Nick, we were talking about this upstairs, and you made a really great point. When you stop making Pro Bowls is when I stop worrying about having you on the team. But as long as you're still making Pro Bowls, then it, or all pros even, uh, maybe maybe you keep them around. But I just I wonder, I wonder it's at what point the Cowboys get to a, a point where they're like, I'm I'm just we can't rely on him enough because this neck and back just doesn't seem to get right. Yeah, I mean I think it's I think this is where they are right now. And then yes, you got to go through the draft next year and probably get a lot of defensive help. But uh, Please, God, you, yes. you, you better look at that offensive tackle position. Yeah. You know, and, and at some point, uh, because you've got two guys now that are banged up. You know, you paid these guys, Lyle and Tyron, but uh, neither one of them are consistently in the lineup this year. Obviously, Lyle's out for the whole season. So, uh, you know, it's it's you, you you need to start addressing it. I think it's sooner than later. With the fact that he's regressed at this point, how concerned are you about come this upcoming game if Tyron can't play? And I think we got Dave back. I'll pose that question to him. How concerned are you if he can't play this week against a Giants team that we'll get into a little bit later? I think this this defense is a little better than people are giving him credit for. But how much do you are you concerned this weekend? Yeah, I'm always concerned when Tyron can't play. I mean, I'm the guy that says. You know, people overreact because of the Chaz Green game, but there's obviously still a difference between Tyron Smith and and the undrafted free agents behind him. And, you know, we've got a pretty large sample size that says Terrence Steele's not ready. So as good as I feel about Brandon Knight, if if Tyron can't go, now you're talking about needing two tackles. And so now the conversation goes back to, like, is Zach Martin your best bet at right tackle if you need him to be there because I I I hate to say this because like I'm sure he's a nice guy but like I hate the thought of having to see Terrence Steele out there again so yes it's very concerning if Tyron can't play yeah I think we all are are a bit uh, a bit worried I would I would suggest at the idea that you'd have to throw Terrence Steele back out there maybe this weekend you can get by but as you move throughout the season and you start seeing pass rushers you know like Miles Garrett which I'm sure there will be some more of those that'll be on the schedule as we keep going through the season uh, you do get a little bit worried and the hope is that the hope is that he's he's maybe a little bit worse off this week but if they don't let him play this weekend then maybe he's better prepared to maybe string some games together uh, after that but but who knows at this point Let's, uh, let's also get an update on a few other guys. We've got Anthony Brown, Dorrance Armstrong, and Tyrone Crawford. Uh, tell me where, where they are as far as their, uh, them coming back from, from injuries or now being added to the injury report. Nick? Well, I'll, I'll, I'll start with Anthony Brown. I mean, I, you know, I, I, we were surprised that he had a rib injury that he suffered in practice a few weeks ago. Three weeks now on the injury report, um, he's he's. He should be back. Uh, he's eligible to to practice this week in that that 21 uh, day window. Uh, I, I would imagine just by the them releasing Brandon Carr, 
um, that they need a spot open. They have spots open on the roster, and they need cornerback help, and I would imagine that he will slide into that role this week. And it sounds like from what Coach McCarthy said that everything went according to plan yesterday. Uh, he was able to, to take part in some part portions of practice, and, and so the, I guess he's progressing in a way to where they feel like uh, you know maybe he has the, the ability to maybe play this weekend. Talk to me about Dorrance Armstrong. What did Coach McCarthy have to say about him, Dave? He actually, that was like as uh, encouraging as he's ever been about an injury guy. He, I mean, he just, he came out of the game with the injury. He said, uh, you know, he's very optimistic. He'll be able to work his way up. So, you know, it sounds good on that front. Tyrone Crawford may be limited today is what he said. They'll see how he responds to the early part. It's, it's interesting. I think I've said this a few times, but we're definitely still adjusting to the difference in the schedules with practice like under Jason Garrett you would like start on Wednesday and slowly ramp your way up to Friday whereas here it almost I don't want to say that they're afterthoughts but like Thursday is the important day Thursday is the long padded practice obviously Friday is basically a walkthrough and and Wednesday like it you know if if it even seems like it's in doubt they're not going to make you go so it's just interesting to see a different coaching staff's perspective on you know, what days of the week are the most important. And for sure, Thursday is that day for Mike McCarthy. That much is very obvious. You know, you mentioned Tyrone Crawford, and I want to go around the table here and get your opinions on uh, what you think of Tyrone Crawford's play so far through the early part of the season, because he's part of that defense that's had a lot of problems. He is one of the veterans, and some call him one of the leaders of that defense. How how do you assess his play uh, over these first few uh first four games amber let's start with you i would say i mean he's he's been okay okay and and he's the type of guy that we see every year he's not gonna be the guy that necessarily stands out on the defensive line he's a guy that that's very flexible and you can kind of plug him in there wherever you need him but he's never gonna be that 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 standout player that aggressive player that gets all the time to the quarterback i think so far this season he the the times that i've watched him specifically i think he, he's been just okay obviously nothing impressive but at the same time nothing horrible to where I'm like, okay, you need to absolutely get Tyrone Crawford out of the lineup. So to me, he's just been okay. Nick, what are your thoughts on, on Tyrone Crawford? What have, what have you seen from him through four games? I haven't seen much of anything good or bad. You know, I mean, I, I really can't remember like, oh, great play by Crawford or what's Crawford doing? And like, I, I haven't, <laughs> I haven't noticed it. And, and on this defense, that's not necessarily a bad thing. Uh, so I just haven't, I can't say he's really stood out much, and but he, you know, he needs to. I mean, he's 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 one of the, he, you know, he's one of the higher paid players on the team, and he's and he's also one of the leaders, you know, uh, captain. He's been a captain before, so you know, he he like everyone else, you know, that needs to step up and and play better. And I, I think they're having a, a tough time. We all know that they're having a tough time with this scheme. They're not used to it. They're, they haven't practiced it enough, and it's probably, in hindsight, wasn't the best idea to to change it. But then again, think about when they when they come in here changing the scheme, no one thought this was going to happen. But I think it's just been a circumstance that they they probably need to play a different scheme, uh, one that, that they're similar in, in, in playing. Dave. 
Other than, I mean, other than Alden Smith, like, do you feel great about the way that any defender on this team has played? Not great. And Alden Smith, like, I mean, no, I mean, the answer is no, yeah. I, in my opinion. <laughs> um, I haven't. I'll be very honest with like, I haven't noticed Tyrone Crawford at all. Uh, and I mean, that doesn't necessarily mean he's been bad, but you know, it, it's easy to forget because it's ancient history, but he's still a $9 million a year player. And I always like, he was all, he's always good. He's the hustle play guy. Like he's the guy who gets the sack when the quarterback is indecisive and the play draws out for like five or six seconds. Like he's always the guy who is making the long extended hustle play. Uh, haven't seen it so far this year. It, I mean, which, yeah, but that's everybody on the defense. Like, literally nobody on the defense is playing up to what you would want. So throw him in there with everybody else, I guess. All right, we're going to take a, an early first break here, a couple minutes early. We're going to go ahead and get that out of the way, and then we're going to come back. We got Bucky Brooks ready, and uh, he's going to break down the Cowboys' offense versus the Giants' defense. We'll do that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com Radio. We're back with a tasty treat that's sweeping airwaves and taste buds. It's new Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. Let's take a listen. Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda's here. A new combo that's music to my ears, okay. Let's play. Cream Soda and Dr. Pepper time. Pour it in a glass of ice. Ah, music to my ears and mouth. New Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. A delicious duet. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black? Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks, free shipping. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Want to show your Texas and team pride, too? You can. By purchasing your own Stetson, you can look just like how the flag guys do on field at every home game. Stetson hats, the official crown of all self-respecting Cowboys and your favorite football team. Get yours today at shop.dallascowboys.com or at stetson.com. It's funny. As we travel places, often we find the places we want to travel aren't really places at all. They're people. They're grandparents, moms, old friends, and new nephews. That's why at American Airlines, we've been using enhanced cleaning measures so you can feel confident every step until you get to them. So as always, our people can't wait to take you to yours. American Airlines, you are why we fly. To the break. Help your fellow Cowboy Nation fans in their fight against cancer by purchasing Dallas Cowboys Crucial Catch gear. Support a great cause and look good doing it. Visit your Dallas Cowboys Pro Shop or shop.dallascowboys.com. Welcome back. It is the second segment of The Break Live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Got uh, the normal guys here with us, Nick, Dave, Amber, and we're joined right now by Bucky Brooks of NFL Network. Bucky, welcome to the show, man. Hey, thanks so much for having me on. Yep, we're going to get into this uh, Cowboys uh, offense versus the New York Giant defense, and we'll start with, uh, I want to change the question a little bit. Usually we start the strongest and weakest 
assets of the team or the weakest parts of the team. I want to really focus in a little bit more on position groups or player. If you had to identify a position group or player on the defense that is the greatest and the weakest, what would that be? I mean, I think it, it, it starts with them up front. Uh, Leonard Williams is probably the best player that they have. He's a guy that was a uh, top six selection, a guy who's super talented. He hasn't necessarily put up the kind of production that you expect from a guy that was drafted that highly, but he certainly has the ability to flash some disruptive skills at the point of attack. Uh, I would say Calif- uh, Fackrell is a guy that you also have to pay attention to. Two years ago, 2018, he had 10 and a half sacks, so he has the ability to get off the edge and make some things happen. And then in the middle of their defense, Blake Martinez, who they signed from the Green Bay Packers, is a guy that can control the tackle tackle box. He's a tackling machine. And when you look at this defense in general, I will say they may not be the most talented unit, but they play hard. And because they're able to play hard, they can keep their offense in games. And that's what we saw a week ago against the LA Rams. Bucky, my question is about the Cowboys offense. We've seen that so far they've been able to score 30 plus points with exception of that first game against the Rams. Is that something that the Cowboys offense is able to kind of keep doing week by week? Oh yeah, the offense is, I mean, the offense is the biggest part, the best part of the Cowboys team. Like they are the ones that they can never have a bad game because offensively they can overwhelm people. Even with the issues that uh, may exist on the offensive line at offensive tackle, the skill positions are A+. Zeke Elliott is an A+. The quarterback is playing at an A-plus level. And so they have the weaponry to, to put points up on the board. Now the key is can you put points up and eventually learn how to control the game? Can Kellen Moore begin to manage the game knowing that I can score at any point, but I'm going to take a little air out of it to protect my defense. And so we'll see if they can kind of advance to that point. But offensively, yeah, they can score on anybody. Bucky, I'm hoping you can tell me about what I thought was one of the more interesting free agent signings of the offseason, which was James Bradbury. I mean, he was he's a pretty good corner in Carolina. Like, I always viewed him as like a third cornerback sub-package guy, but they gave him like pretty good money for a cornerback. And I'm just curious... Uh, how's he doing? Is he living up to that expectation? And, and what does his role look like for this defense? Well, I mean, he's certainly not living up to the expectation <laughs> because the money that he's making, he should be a, a number one corner. That is, it's a classic case, and we see it and we'll see it in Washington. Like, guys have a tendency to fall in love with the players that they picked. Uh, David Gettleman picked James Bradbury in Carolina. They used a, a pretty high pick on him. He certainly has size, he has length, he has speed, uh, but he by no means is a a, a lockdown corner. He can play in zone and do some of those things, and he's fine when you kind of cover him up and let him play off and and do that. But to think that he is going to shadow and chase and track one of the top receivers, no. I think this could be a, a week for him that could be very challenging because each of the Cowboys receivers brings about a different set of challenges, and if you don't have a complete toolbox, you can find yourself twisted around like a top. Uh, Bucky, help me on the on the grade A plus because I didn't get a lot of these when I was in school. Maybe like six ever. Um, oh, you did. Yeah, like from like kindergarten, kindergarten to oh, college. Okay, 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 okay. kindergarten. Okay, good. Uh, a plus to me, A plus means the best you can do. Can't get really any better than that. Can Dak not get better than this? Yeah. I mean, like I mean, you said A plus level. I I don't think I just don't think a quarterback with a one and three record who 
if, if the Browns could catch the football, he'd have four interceptions last week. Is uh, Yeah, he's putting up a lot of yards, but is he playing the best that he could play? I mean, I think given the circumstances, I am surprised at how effective he's been able to play. Because remember, Nick, when, when you watch him, he draws back every time knowing that the, the edges are unprotected. And <laughs> yeah. so as a quarterback, he never <laughs> he never can get fully – he never can get fully comfortable knowing that I can keep my eyes down the field, that I can hang on my number one option a little longer because I know that I have that comfort zone. If we look at where he has been, basically how he came in in 2016 where he was the game manager to what he is now, I will say this, and I know it's going to get a lot of pushback, but he is on the maturation and the track that Russell Wilson was on. Mm-hmm. Russell Wilson came in the league as a game manager, and he has eventually become the playmaker. At some point, this Dallas Cowboys offense will eventually bring the ball to Dak Prescott, and they will say, go win it. He's almost to that point. He needs some other stuff around him in terms of the defense or whatever. But what he has been able to do to keep this team in game with a defense that can't stop anyone is nothing short of remarkable. So I believe he is playing at a high level. And the yards are the yards. They are empty calories. But, man, to put up something that's on pace for 6,700 yards, like that is ridiculous production from a quarterback. And even though the turnovers are not what I like, when you throw it 60 times a game, you're going to have some of those turnovers kind of pop up. I think Dave and I are both just screaming preach in our minds right now because we just love it. <laughs> you start talking well, about deck like but, that. But Loudly. Wait, what, Loudly. Is, what is 6,700 yards? Like, what, do you, what is that? Yeah, well, honestly, again, is, I, is that a an pace? NFL record? No, yeah. no, is that a pace? Yeah, that's yeah. what he's on. Okay. He's on yeah, he's on he's on he's on pace to so, be at sixty seven hundred so, yards. So and you're gonna I, say which, he's on pace to have four wins. Four and twelve. Yeah, but but that's I, I guess <laughs> the the point is, and I, I think this is what Bucky's saying. I think the point is that no matter what you say about the record, what he is doing, and people can talk about these these yards that don't matter because it's in games when they're way behind. Not every quarterback that gets behind can do what he's done to get his team back in position to possibly win those games. So I think you have to put it all in context. And when you put it all in context, I think he's playing at a phenomenal level right now. That, you guys are just giving the extra the slash. I, I'm I'm saying a minus. Okay. okay, I'm not saying I'm not saying like he's a C. I, he's played. He's played. Okay. He can't even get okay. to an A right, for you. Well, we, he huh? can't even get to an A for you. You like okay. a minus? They're one in three right now. They're okay. one in three. Right. And and if he could play a little bit better in the first half as well, he's they're one. One of the reasons they're down. I don't think that's true. I don't okay. think in that last game he was the problem, even in the first half. He was playing really well in the first half, I think. I think the the turnovers are what killed him, and particularly the turnover that you got from your running back who's not supposed to do that. He's not. Yeah. He's All not. Right. Right, he doesn't but, get. He, he's not in the A level. Okay. Zeke is not in the we'll, A level. We'll, we'll take this conversation off. I don't want to take... I don't want to take. Yeah, I don't want to take any of your classes. I know that. I don't, <laughs> want to, I don't want to take any of those. I know in North Carolina we may have given a couple of grades away, but I don't want to take any of those oh. classes. I need wow. the A plus. Professor wow. Eatman in the house. Wow. <laughs> All right, that folks. was a good. That was a good dig at his own school. If you caught that, right? You know, I got it. I got it. I got a, a question for you here. I was looking at this defense, and the numbers are pretty interesting uh, because I think everybody's looking at the New York Giants and saying, "Man, this team is horrible." But when you start really diving in and looking at how their defense is played right now, they have the sixth best. Uh, pass defense, only giving up 223 yards per game. They have the 10th best rush defense, only giving up 107 yards per game. So I have a two-part question for you. First, is their pass defense good enough to slow down what is a very potent Dallas uh, offense, uh, or at least passing game? Um, And then number two, which would be easier to exploit this week for the Dallas offense, going against that run defense or going against that pass defense? 
you know, they've done a really good job of just kind of playing sound. Um, they know they have some talent deficiencies, and so what they've done is they've kind of covered themselves up. They played kind of, I won't say bend but don't break, but they just played very solid defense. Not a lot of risks, not a lot of crazy things that you'll see from this team. They wait for you to beat yourself. That's how they play defense. They want you to, you're not going to have a 10 or 11 play drive without a mistake, and they capitalize on those things. Um, I think when you look at them personnel-wise, they don't have anyone that can consistently put pressure on the passer. They don't have an A-level pass rusher on their front. And so if I'm the Dallas Cowboys, I'm thinking this is a game to really put the game plan in, in place, meaning jump out on them 14 quick points. So I think you probably see them more aggressive the first quarter with the pass because if they can get points up on them, offensively the Giants haven't been able to score points. Mm -hmm. So I think you may see a more aggressive passing game early and then get to Zeke and run the game out. But no, I think they come out passing. I think they have shown that when they go up-tempo, no huddle, play at a quick rate, Dak Prescott can deal, and he's been dealing at a high rate. So I think they come out passing with the mindset that we still have to get to the run at some point to slow and control the game down. Bucky, the word effort has been used a lot <laughs> this week in regards to the Cowboys, but let me put that uh, on the Giants' side. Uh, when you look at a Giants team that has lost all games so far this season, when they go into week five, does the defense, would you expect the defense to have just a, a better effort to just be more competitive at this point or maybe the other way around where maybe they're not trying as hard because of you know mentally it weighs on you when you have so many losses and and not able to get a win for your team yeah no, that's certainly um guys do get discouraged when you have a series of losses but let's flip it around and let's talk about the Giants and how they look at the Cowboys they're looking at the Cowboys as a one in three team they're looking at the Cowboys where this team gave up 300 rushing yards so the offense has a little more energy because they feel like hey man maybe we can just run the ball Devontae Freeman is thinking I could have a hundred yard game against this front because they had a tough time with a bunch of non-notable guys picking up yards so then the defense will have energy saying this may be the game for us to get back on track. Even though they're talented, what Joe Judge is going to stand in front of the team and say is, this is a team that doesn't play hard. If we play harder than them, they may collapse. They may fall prey to the number of turnovers and mistakes that they've had that have undermined their opportunity to win games. So they're going to play hard, and they're going to try and put the pressure on the Cowboys to play a clean game. Because the Cowboys haven't done that, they're saying that if we play hard over a sustained period of time, the Cowboys will gift-wrap us a couple of opportunities. This kind of goes back to what the point Derek was making, which is that their statistics are pretty impressive for an 0-4 team. I can't help but notice... Two of those games are against Mitch Trubisky and Nick mm -hmm. Mullins, so forgive me if I'm not impressed. But, but having said that, you know they held Jared Goff pretty well in check last week, and I'm just curious what they did to keep his numbers down. I think you know he was only averaging like six yards per attempt, finished with 200 yards. So clearly, whatever they were doing seemed to work. Look, they're committed to taking the deep ball away. Um, look, winning in the National Football League is, is, is pretty simple. It's uh, take the ball away, 
Eliminate the big plays. Don't let the ball fly over the top of the defense. Make people drive the length of the field because the odds suggest that you can't do it. You can't string together that many plays. Control the running game. Make people one-dimensional, and then you can dictate the terms. What the Giants do is they really follow to that. They don't allow you to really have the big plays over top. So they'll play a little soft. They'll give you all those nickel and dimes. They'll let the quarterback take the check down because they're betting that the quarterback will not consistently take the check down because all of these 20 to $30 million quarterbacks, they want to show off their big arm. They want to get the big play. That's kind of how they're wired, and that's what the Giants are doing. So they're going to challenge Dak Prescott in a different way. They're going to challenge him. Can you? Are you content? taking these five and six yard passes down the field if we take away the big play and make you nickel and dime it down the field and throw 10 passes to Zeke or 10 passes to Dalton Schultz are you willing to be that patient and disciplined and if you are they'll say okay you can score points but if not you're going to force it up the field and they're banking that they can get a turnover off of that uh, Bucky if the Cowboys offensive line looks like Brandon Knight Connor Williams Beatrice Zach Martin Terrence Steele does do they? Do the Giants have a, a big advantage there? I mean, I, th- I think they feel good about that because the edges, the edges are always the thing. When you put bad things on tape, when Terrence Steele is having problems with speed, when Brandon Knight has had some issues, when Connor Williams has been isolated in one-on-one situations and been pressured, um, they feel hopeful. So as a defense coordinator, what you want to do is you want to maybe kick those guys out a little wide, put them on speed track so they can kind of run around the edge and see if Terrence Steele and Brandon Knight, if they can kick slide and stay in front of those guys because that's been the biggest issue. So it's not necessarily the personnel is can you test the weak points of the uh, Cowboys offensive line and see if those guys can hold up over 75 plays that's really what's about it's not about the advantage is let's get those guys isolated let's see if they can hold up even against C B level players are they good enough just to hold up if we can isolate them and work one-on-one against those guys before we let you go I think I think the Cowboys wins, but I think this game is going to be tougher than most people realize because the Giants are playing harder. The Giants will walk into the game knowing that they have a chance. And oh, by the way, Jason Garrett is going to make this a very personal thing for him. Even though they not scored double digits in the past two games, he is going to empty the buckets to try and go after that. And also because he knows the personnel, he is going to try and find ways to isolate guys that he knows. So he may try and find a way to get Jordan Lewis one-on-one. He may try and find a way to get some of the other guys in bad predicaments to see if they can score points. I think the Cowboys win, but I do think this game will be a closer game than most would imagine. All right, great. We appreciate you joining us. Bucky, we'll be back with you next week when we start getting ready for the next game. We're going to take our final break. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about Cowboys versus Giants. Then when we come right back, this is DallasCowboys.com radio. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Want to show your Texas and team pride, too? You can. By purchasing your own Stetson, you can look just like how the flag guys do on field at every home game. Stetson hats, the official crown of all self-respecting Cowboys and your favorite football team. Get yours today at shop.dallascowboys.com or at stetson.com. I'm Jay Novacek, former tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. 
Back in the day, I was the guy who always got the tough yards, and that's why I run with John Deere today. In fact, I have a John Deere 3025E tractor that can handle any yard work I need to do, even the tough yards way out back. So if you have one acre or a thousand, John Deere has the equipment that's just right for you. Visit a John Deere dealer today and run with us. We are the official tractor provider of your Dallas Cowboys. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black? Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks, free shipping. We're back with a tasty treat that's sweeping airwaves and taste buds. It's new Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. Let's take a listen. Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda's here. A new combo that's music to my ears, okay. Let's play. Cream Soda and Dr. Pepper time. Pour it in a glass of ice. Ah, music to my ears and mouth. New Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. A delicious duet. Back to the break. As part of the NFL Fan of the Year contest, we're launching a search for one extraordinary Cowboys fan who is a positive influence and inspires others through their love of the game. Visit NFL.com slash fan of the year to learn more and nominate today. Hmm. You know any fans of the year? You know what came to my mind? Our own William Boykins. (laughs) Maybe we should nominate him. (laughs) (laughs) Or Fair. fan of the year. Fair. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. I, I think William is a – he would be a great representative. Hey, to do the work that he does. I wonder yeah. if he's still wearing his hot boys cap. <laughs> I don't know. Ooh, but Good question. He is a fan. Good and question. He, I think there's been a recall on those. <laughs> I think they said, hey, bring them all back. They're missing in action. Yeah. Kind of missing yeah. here. All right, let's, let's get back in. You know, actually, I had a whole list of things I was going to ask you guys. Yeah, but you I do. actually want to go back a little bit because we did get into an interesting conversation – uh, as Nick decided that um, he needed to question the grading scale oh, I, of one Bucky Brooks. I can't Brooks. wait for the Twitter timeline. <laughs> it's going to be so Dak awesome. Prescott. And I thought it was interesting, though, Nick. I, I, I saw your wheels turning when he first said A-plus, and I knew where you were going yeah. with it. But And I get your point. Obviously, saying he's an A-plus means that he is playing the absolute best he can possibly play. And so I get you. I understand it. There are probably some areas – not probably. There are definitely some areas where he could improve – but I think when but the point that Bucky made, and I agree with, and I want to get the the uh, thoughts from from Dave and Amber on this. But you know, I think at the end of the day, you look at how he's performed, and I think based upon all those things, all those things that he's having to deal with right now, I just have a hard time thinking anybody would have done a much better job than what he has done through these games. Now, at the end of the game, there have been a couple times when the offense just couldn't get there to be able to tie the game. Or, or take a lead, and I, and so some of that you you kind of put back on him. But all that being said, I think he, he is right up there, at least an A, uh, if not an A+. Amber, what do you think? Um, I, I, I do give him an A if we have to grade him. I think he's had a, a really good year so far. I mean, when you, when you look at the development compared to year by year and the growth, uh, I think this year he really – made a big growth compared to previous years but at the end of the day uh, when you start comparing him to or not comparing him but saying that maybe he's on the same path as a guy like Russell Wilson 
he he's not necessarily quite there for me just yet. Maybe he will be, but when you look at those key plays, and and I'm not trying to put it all on Dak, but two of the last plays of the t past two games, I, I believe it was, where he threw, what was it, an interception, trying to get into the end zone to possibly tie the game. Uh, I mean, those are the key moments when you do want your quarterback to be able to make those plays. And again, I'm not putting it all on him. Obviously, there are other components and elements that, that go into play here. But just overall, I, I think he, he, he's a name guy, but I'm still missing that plus sign there which hopefully uh, I, he's on the right path. I just, that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Dave. Saying Dak Prescott, like picking apart Dak Prescott's grade. It's like, he's like the kid in class where he busted the curve. Like everybody else in the class got like a C, a D or an F. And Dak is <laughs> over here with like a low A. He's got like, he's got like a 91 out of a hundred. And the teacher's like, yeah. I know you can do better. And meanwhile, like everybody else in the class is posting like 60s and 70s. Like, what are we doing? Why are we nitpicking this guy? Uh, and I mean, no, he hasn't been perfect, but I feel very comfortable saying there are only there are only probably three quarterbacks in the league playing better football than him right now. And that would be Mahomes, Russell and Rodgers. And you're talking, I mean, you're talking about two guys that are definitely going to the Hall of Fame and one that most likely will, uh, unless he retires tomorrow. Uh, Josh Allen deserves a mention, but that's a very small sample size. Dak's balling, and honestly, he's the only reason why you're even in the position that you're in, which is that you've had a chance to win all of these games. Uh, it would be ugly. If, if he was playing on the level of like 2016 or 17, it would be gross how bad this team would look. Uh, and you know, people say you get like, oh, Dak needs a ton of talent around him to succeed. He does have great receivers. You know what he doesn't have? The offensive line that he's been used to having. He's, I mean, it, it just isn't what it what it was. His his tackle protection isn't great. Connor Williams is fine, but hasn't lived up to the hype. He's got a rookie center at this point. To make all of that work with the issues and protection that he's had, I think he's been outstanding. Uh, ball, really, the, the main thing that I would nitpick, it's not even the interceptions because the, the one at the end of the Cleveland game, you aren't going to win anyway. That went out the window with the Odell play. And then the Seattle one, you're just trying to make a play out of a broken situation. The only thing that I would really nitpick Dak for is he's got he's to cut out the fumbles. And some of that's on his protection, but some of that's on him. If he can clean that up, I think the sky's the limit. Nick, you choose to... Uh... Well, well, I'm, no, I think both of them are right. I mean, they, they are right, and he's definitely right about the 90, you know, one, and everyone else is in the 60s. Um, but, but, you know, what I thought Amber was going when she said the last two games, I don't know about that last interception because that took like a Hercules-type play just to get, get there. Um, the interception before the half, though, was, was that was a game-changing moment there for the Cowboys in that one. And, and Dave said the fumble, uh, another game-changing th play. But that's what happens when the ball's in your hand every time. I and mean, the fumble wasn't. I still don't put the I, fumble on him. Okay. No, I mean, you're right. The interception, I mean, absolutely. But the fumble, I don't put that And the him. last interception against Cleveland, if you go back and look at it, 19 didn't help him there. 19 he, said after the game that yeah. he thought that he, 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 he yeah, put that on he him. Quit, yeah. He quit the route on yeah. that one. So uh, he's playing out of his mind. The pro that's, that's the real issue here. Is he an A-plus? No, he's not. He's an A-minus. 
he has to be an A-plus to get by with the defense and special teams. That's what I wrote after the game, Dave, Rob, both. we all talked about it in the press box. Their offense isn't perfect, and they have to be because of what, what's around them. Yep. I can get, get with that. All right, let's, uh, let's move on. One other topic I want to hit before we end the show. Uh, there was a quote yesterday from Xavier Woods. He had some time with the uh, media yesterday, and it's getting a lot of play. I'm going to read the quote to you, and I want to get your response on how you take it and, and what your thoughts are. He said, and this was about effort, uh, he said, uh, the effort's been good on certain plays. Some guys, I mean me included, uh, there may be a lack. Uh, but overall, the effort is there. We're in the NFL. You don't expect guys to go full speed for 70 plays. That's not possible. But we're going to push as hard as we can. I mean, you know, you don't expect the backside corner to go make a play on the opposite side the whole time. That's just not possible, to be honest. You guys agree with that that comment from Xavier Woods? Let's start first with you, Dave. Yeah, this is this is tricky. I mean, as Xavier was saying it, I was like, this isn't going to go well for him. Like, this isn't – it's it's just not it, – and it's one of those perception things because I, I know what he meant. And Joe Thomas actually said something similar, which is basically like, yeah, no, if you cut on the tape, you can see the loafs. You know, we talked about Rod Marinelli and the loafs. He's like, there are, there are occasions where you might see loafs, but overall, as a defense – the effort is there. And then Xavier compounds it by saying, you know, you're not, you're not going to give 100%. And I think what he meant by that was simply like nobody is gunning all out in every moment of every play during a game. I mean, like you, all over the league, you can see that that's true. And, and all honest, I, I don't think it's realistic when you talk about the amount of energy you have to exert. The only way you could do that is if it was like hockey and you rotated these guys in shifts, but nobody does that. All of this is to say you still can't say that, man. You, you just can't after that game. Even if you're right and even if I appreciate your honesty, it's just a really bad look after a game like that to try to justify it. You just kind of have to keep it to yourself. So I know what he was trying to say, but that's just not the moment to say it. Amber, what are your thoughts? Um, I agree with everything that Dave said, and I get perfectly what he was trying to say with that comment, but it's just, I guess it's a choice of words, you know, after that game, you don't go out and say, it and, 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 say and, and phrase it that way. There are better ways to say, like, look, man, yes, we need to try harder. Just, just say something different, and, and we all understand that these are NFL players. We all understand that it's not an easy job. It is tiring, and, and it's a lot harder than it looks from us watching from the stands or at home or anything like that. But at the same time, I think it's the lack of maybe fully taking accountability of it and, and rather trying to use excuses. Like, yes, we get it. Realistically, you can, there is absolutely no way you give 100% effort on every single play of a three-hour game. So to me, it, it, I get he the way he meant it. I don't think he, he was trying to say it in a, in a bad way to like justify things but at the same time I think he he could have used a better choice of words and, and rephrase that better and just take a little bit more of accountability yeah I, I think they're they're exactly right and uh, I agree with Xavier Woods I mean yeah he 
you don't give 100% effort at the end of the game because you don't have 100%. I mean, D Derek, you're a runner. I mean, you, you know the first the first mile is probably you could go more than you could at the very end. I mean, you just don't have it in your tank. Is it tonight, tomorrow, whenever the Lakers play? Watch watch the LeBron James at the end of a game. There's, there's going to be a possession or two where he sits over in the corner on an offense just – I don't have it right now. Somebody else dribble, shoot. I don't have it right here to go and give that. So that's what he's saying, um, you know. And, and we we kill these guys for not being boring sometimes and all that. And then when they say and they're being honest, then they get crucified for it as well. I'll, I'll say this: I wish Jalen Smith wouldn't have jumped on the pile and grabbed the guy's face mask when he didn't have to. When the guy was already tackled, that changed the entire game. So sometimes, you wanted him a loaf. Yeah, I, that would have been a, a nice <laughs> loaf, loaf right there. Loaf You've time. got him tackled. That's good. Second and fifteen instead of first down. Let's change the whole game. Yeah, you know what it reminded me of, and Nick, you'll remember this. Uh, you, were, you were sitting there in that press conference. It was Tony Romo after that. Oh, yeah. I think it was the Eagles game. Yes. And and he says, you know, if this is the worst after they lost, if this is the worst thing that ever happens to me, I will still have had a good life. And uh, yes, okay, you're right. There, <laughs> there are a lot of things that could be much worse about your life, but it's probably not the right time to say it. Like, so, yeah. you, you just don't have I'm to say you, that yeah. in those words in Every, that moment. Everybody knows this. I mean, everyone that's up here – um, they, they, they go on the games and the trips and maybe not this year, but we're going to get back to that. And if the fans knew just that the players don't carry their emotions like they do yeah. they, all week long, they're pissed off. Trust me, it ends in about an hour, maybe two I don't know. By the time we get on the – I mean, there's some guys that it are depends, upset. It depends, it depends, and it depends on the game. But, but yes, you're right, generally I mean, speaking. Generally yeah. speaking, though, you know, sometimes you do wonder. You do check your stats when you're writing your story on the plane. You're like, they did lose this game, right? Like, <laughs> eh, maybe. And, and, and I say that – I'm not saying that they're wrong. They've got it in perspective. I thought Dave made a fantastic point two days ago when you said every single play they could not walk again. Think about – that's a job for them. Mm -hmm. You – you might get paralyzed on this. I mean, I hate if that happens, but it happens. So, after the end of the game, and they're healthy and they're feeling good, and you know, maybe or they, not feeling so or, good. Yeah, but yeah. but walking. Yeah. Maybe they have a different perspective than some fans do. Be like, you should be doing this. You shouldn't be trying to do your own brand. You shouldn't be trying to do this. You shouldn't be playing golf on and off day. You shouldn't do all this. You should be. You know, it's not realistic. Yeah. And and the other part to it too. And this I, this is something I kind of came around for myself. Uh, with is I think sometimes when you when you're competing, you kind of want to take yourself out of the moment because if you lost, it can be all consuming. And and what we don't see is yeah we might see after the game in the locker room we might see on the plane whatever. What we don't see is when they get home that night and then they have to sit with themselves and they're like man we blew that you know mm -hmm. and and then it really eats at you when you're with your your teammates you can kind of deflect and you can kind of have a little fun and kind of for a moment almost forget about it because you know it's coming back and you know when they get home by themselves it's going to be there because they're competitors you don't make it to the nfl if you aren't a hyper competitive person uh, you can't make it in the nfl if you're not a hyper competitive person so i just think i think we got to put all that in into perspective all right we appreciate you guys joining us we're back tomorrow we're going to tell you guys what to expect the sunday cowboys versus giants till then for nick eatman dave helman amber garcia i am Derek eagleton this has been the break live on dallascowboys.com Radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!